Well, John, I watched the uh, the Monday night game in Portland from my couch, and I think I was as close to Dame Lillard as uh, all the Timberwolves defenders. Yeah, just terrible. I don't know there any other way to say it, Jim. I mean, you know, it was funny because we watched the Saturday game in Portland a day after their best win of the season um, at Utah. And the way that they played, even in that Saturday game, they were so competitive. They were they got after it. They just fell a little bit short on the second night of a back-to-back. And you felt pretty good about where they were going, about the spirit that they were playing with, the energy and all that, those things. And then they get a day off in Portland, and they come back on Monday night, and they lay a real egg. And this was the kind of egg laying that we saw earlier in the season that had not really come around much in the last few weeks and to see them just not show up defensively in that game it was really really disappointing and not just like one step back on their on their progression you know down the road of trying to develop into a good team but several steps back yeah that's the thing is that they win impressively in utah and i thought the the first game in portland Portland just made crazy shots. Yeah. I mean, they, they, they were hitting from everything. I mean, it was sometimes the NBA, the other team just gets hot and makes crazy shots. You can't do a lot about it. I, then I thought Monday night, coming back with a very clear idea of what they needed to do, they didn't execute anything defensively. No, nothing defensively. I mean, and it, it, the, the, the thing that has plagued this team for most of the season and that has been readily apparent for most of the season is they just don't play very smart basketball. Um, they don't think the game, they don't react and to what's going on within the game. And so on Saturday night, they played Portland and Damian Lillard had a hard time making threes. And so he got to the basket a lot. And yes, there were some terrible foul calls. Um, I think, you know, it was a bad whistle that they got, but he got 15 free throws. So then they come out on Monday and it looked like they were a little more determined to keep him out of the paint. And so then he starts shooting threes and he hits his first four threes. And so then, especially with Damian Lillard, like the ultimate heat check guy, when he gets rolling, you got to do whatever you can in your power to slow him down. And if that means that Simons goes off or that means that Grant or Nurkic or whoever else gets theirs. Okay. But if Damian Lillard starts to see the ball go through the basket like that, you're o- it's over unless you figure out a way to stop it. Well, not only did they not stop it, but they too often were giving him great looks. And there were a couple crazy shots that he hit. There was, a, you know, 35 foot bombs and pull ups, you know, from way back that are really tough to defend and you shake his hand on. But the, the, he still got really clean, open, good looks at the basket through rotations, through ball movement. That just can't happen. You just cannot leave him. And whether you have to double him to get the ball out of his hands or whether you just have to stay a lot closer to him, they just gave him way too much space to operate a lot of times. And he he had eight threes in the first half, 11 for the game. He only played three quarters. If this was a close game, he probably would have hit 15 to 20 threes. And, um, and it's just a lack of recognition that, okay, Lillard has it going. We need to stop this. And um, and then they couldn't do it. And and so it's just it's a season long issue of basketball IQ. And there just hasn't been enough of it on this team. 
And when you get into that situation, now you're in a shootout and they cannot win three point shootouts, Jim. It just, it's, it would beyond their abilities as a team as constructed right now. They're only shooting, you know, 33 threes a game. That's not even close to enough. Um, and so when you get into that type of a situation where your opponent is knocking down all these threes, it's, it's really, really difficult for them to scratch and claw any other way out of it. And so I just thought that, you know, Monday night in Portland was a real regression and really concerning about a team whose character and makeup we just have not really seen enough of enough substance, enough high quality fight and competitiveness all season long. I thought they had turned a corner on that. And, it, you know, that last night showed that uh, that they still have a long way to go there. You've used two words that I want to get into further. Uh, I want to introduce the show. He's John Krasinski. This is the John Krasinski Show at TalkNorth.com. All of our shows are available at TalkNorth.com. We do recommend subscribing at your favorite podcast app to any of the shows you like. It's free. It's easy. John's also on the Viking Update Show. We have a couple of Viking shows. We've got a ton of hockey content. Uh, we have the Cheryl Reeves Show. Uh, thanks to our sponsors, TSR Injury Law, 612-TSR-TIME. All Energy Solar, allenergysolar.com, and Head Flyer Brewing. Uh, by the way, Thursday night, December 15th, 6.30 p.m. I had said 7 on previous shows. 6.30 p.m., we're going to run the Cheryl Reeves Show in conjunction with Lori Ramsey's Winter Wear Drive. It's a great cause. Uh, the Cheryl Reeves Show is always a blast live. We get to see a lot of people we haven't seen in a long time. Come on out. Great beer, great atmosphere, cool space, and, of course, Cheryl Reeves. Uh, come out and check it out. Uh, d- bring some winter gear if you can. If you can't, donate in some other way. If you uh, find the Cheryl Reeves show on any social media, including Twitter, there will be links and, and ways you can donate if you can't show up. But we'd love to see you out there. Come on out to Head Flyer if you get the chance. Uh, John, oh, and thanks also to our producer, Brandon Morton, who will be running the show Thursday night as well. So you were, used two words that caught my ear. First one was smart. Uh, I really didn't think whatever problems this team encountered this year that we'd be questioning basketball intelligence in December, but I think it's a legitimate question. Yeah, it is, Jim. It's I, I think it's hard to argue that this is a smart playing team right now. Um, I'm not saying their players are dumb. I'm not saying that, you know, that they are not intelligent human beings, but the way that they play basketball is unintelligent right now in 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 a lot of ways um the decision making the some of the turnovers that they have the inability to react to what's happening in front of them and adjust to that uh maybe understanding the scouting reports sometimes um it's just like up and down the roster they have guys who are just not playing the game in the right way. And, and so, you know, you look at, I think that they have a couple of really smart guys. I think Kyle Anderson um, is a very smart player. I think D'Angelo Russell is a smart player who sometimes makes bad decisions. Um, I think Rudy is a smart guy um, in terms of understanding what you need to do from a schematic and strategy standpoint. But beyond that, um, you're just seeing too many mental errors both on defense and on offense all game long and when you also are not hitting threes when you're also um kind of giving up other 
other things, that's a that's just a fatal problem for them to have. And I mean, there's been so many times that we've seen that the the Wolves give too much help um, to Rudy Gobert and then be slow closing out to the three point line or, you know, um, pulling up for uh, three in early in the shot clock. Uh, when the other team is on a run and 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 really forcing something that way, trying to make a home run pass through three guys in transition that ends up going out of bounds. It's just they are beating themselves in addition to getting beaten by their opponents. And that the margin for error for them is just too small. And they are just giving them they're shooting themselves in the foot time and time again with their mental mistakes. Um, in addition to whatever shortcomings they have physically, uh, roster wise, athletically, all of that. And so that's been the biggest thing that has held them back all season long. That is why this team has really struggled to play consistently around Rudy Gobert. Gobert is the kind of player that requires um, smart basketball players around him so they can kind of read off of him and pl- and play off of him and do the right things. And and it just, the, the Wolves have not shown that yet. Maybe they can kind of learn it as the season goes along. But right now, they are just not a smart basketball team. And that is really playing into a lot of their struggles here. If you're Chris Finch, what do you do with a team that doesn't play intelligently. It seems like he is having a difficult time coming up with that answer, Jim, Um, because I do think that in Chris Finch's perfect world, he is a guy who likes to not have to lord over a team either on offense or defense, but especially on offense with calling a lot of plays, doing a lot of the really ultra-structured type of offense to get shots and like really browbeating them into running specific sets and, and adhering to those schemes. He wants to set up, as he says, he likes to set up guardrails on both um, sides of, of the lane and then let the, 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 the kind of let the players just operate within those guardrails and, and make their own decisions and, and have a more free flowing, a reactive type of a system, but I don't know. I just think that right now, the way that these guys are playing, maybe they need even more structure and they may buck against that a little bit and it may be difficult, but um, it's not a team that has shown the ability or has, has kind of given signs that, Hey coach, we can handle this if you give us a lot of freedom. Um, And so I think it's, it goes against Chris Finch's natural instincts and natural philosophies to put on a tighter leash to really try and control things a little bit more. But I don't know, maybe that's uh, maybe that is an an answer that is at least worth exploring. Um, But you can see right now that he is searching for answers and not easily finding them in the third quarter uh, of the game. They they pull within 10, and then Portland comes out and hits three threes in a row. And Finch just kind of lets the whole thing ride all the way to the end of the quarter. I think it was an 18-6 to six run that really blew the game wide open. And he didn't call a timeout, and he looked very, very frustrated. Um, and he looked like a coach that 
didn't have many options and he doesn't, he doesn't have Torian Prince. He doesn't have Carl Anthony towns, which maybe we can kind of put to bed. A lot of the people who said they are better without cat, you know, they really could have used cat last night. Um, but uh, they didn't have Jordan McLaughlin. So he is a little shorthanded, but he's looking like a coach that is searching for answers that are not there to be found right now. And I don't know, honestly, Jim, what the adjustment is to try and get his team playing collectively smarter basketball. That's a difficult one to solve on the fly. It is it's also difficult to solve midseason uh, and with key players out. And play, you know, let's face it, some of the players who are out, especially Prince and McLaughlin, are your better defenders and the people who will chase guards and actually recognize situations as well. Uh, you mentioned another word I want to get into, character. And we will talk about basketball character. We'll talk about off court character here in a second. I uh, do want to let you know that uh, TSR Injury Law has been sponsoring us for a long time. You see their ads everywhere, and we are lucky that they uh, they jumped on this show very early, Steve Terry and his, his colleagues. Uh, and you know the deal. We don't want you to have to need this number, but if you need the number, you want to remember it, 612-TSR-TIME, and just know that if you call them, you will speak with a lawyer. They will give you good advice, even if they can't help you. If they take your case, they won't charge you unless they win their case, win your case, and they win a lot of cases. That's why their business is flourishing, and they have beautiful, expansive new offices down there in South Bloomington. So 612-TSR-TIME, that's all you need to remember, and uh, thank you to Steve again. Uh, let's hear from Head Flyer Brewing, John. That's right. Head Flyer Brewing, Jim, on the um, on uh, Hennepin Avenue in Northeast Minneapolis, right off of 35W. Great tap room. Great, great beers. I've been going there for years. My wife and I love the place. They have food trucks um, on site often. You can bring your dog in there. You have big screen TVs. Watch a Wolves game. Watch a Wild game. Um, go in there and just have a good time. It's really laid back. The beer is excellent. Any kind of beer you could want. You can get it at Head Flyer Brewing. They have great specials on game nights. They also have uh, very cool swag, t-shirts, hats, sweatshirts, those kinds of things. If you're if you're into that, um, stop in, see the f- people at Head Flyer Brewing. Great bartenders. Will, you'll always have a good time. Um, hang out, have a beer, pull your hair out while you're watching the Wolves and drink some Head Flyer beer. It does help with the medication of the pain that we are going through. If you have a little bit of beer and just kind of hang out with friends while you're watching the wolves disappoint you. So go to head fire beer, tell them, tell head fire brewing in Northeast Minneapolis, tell them the John Krasinski show sent you and uh, enjoy one for the holidays. By the way, I did bury the lead. We do have another world famous and locally infamous Manscaped ad from John coming up. Uh, First, though, I want to let you know that the Inflation Reduction Act has raised the federal solar investment tax credit from 26% to 30%. Uh, That is unexpectedly good news. It's a fantastic opportunity for residents and businesses to invest in solar. The rebate includes solar power with battery backup. There may be additional solar incentives depending on the location of your property. Solar power with battery backup can keep your lights on and heat running when a summer or winter storm hits. And solar and EVs are the perfect pair. Kick fossil fuels to the curb at home and on the road by using solar to power your EV at home or provide it as a service to your business employees and customers. Now is a great time to secure your spot for next year's installation. You might want to act soon. According to some studies, one in four homeowners want to invest in solar within the next five years, but the grid has limited capacity. Grab your opportunity while you can. Go to allenergysolar.com. And now John for Manscaped. Tis the season for clean balls. Fa la 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 la. 
Our friends at Manscaped are helping you clean your driveway for safe travels this holiday season. From stocking stuffers to white elephants, Manscaped's products are at the top of every wish list. Grab some crop mops for your pops or the body buffer for the holiday lover. Win this year's white elephant gift and help all the men in your life go from eggnog to nice hog this December by going to manscaped.com and using the code athletic for 20% off and plus free shipping. Manscaped is a one-stop shop for all your holiday needs. They have the perfect gift in the Platinum Package 4.0, plus loads of little presents perfect for stocking stuffers. What better holiday gift than giving the gift of good hygiene and a few laughs? Manscaped offers a handful of their liquid formulations, shampoos, body washes, upstairs and downstairs deodorant, gels, exfoliants, absolutely everything they could need to keep it clean. Don't let, their, don't let their chestnuts roast in the wrong boxers. Get them a pair of Manscapes boxers, specially made to keep the area cool and provide holiday comfort all year round. Now that you've gifted them perfect privates, go beyond the groan with Manscaped full product full body product line. Dad has nasty nose hairs. Save his life with the Weed Whacker nose and ear hair trimmer. The Shears 2.0 is their full kit for nail care with scissors, clippers, tweezers, and a file for the traveling man. Lastly, top off the stocking with the crown jewel for their family jewels, the Lawnmower 4.0. The electric razor's advanced skin-safe technology is a life changer and known for reducing nicks and cuts on his Santa sack. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code athletic at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com using the promo code ATHLETIC. So you also use the word character. Uh, so why don't you expound on that? Yeah, it's just like I, I'll, I'll say this. like I, This is not a group that is unlikable. This is not a group that um, has like guys that you worry about off the court making bad decisions and getting into trouble that way. It's not a group that is selfish in terms of, um, you know, not kind of looking out for each other. It's not a disconnected group that way. I've covered all sorts of teams with all of those issues from a character standpoint on the team. What I talk about with character from this group is more of a kind of a, a fiber to them, a substance to them to understand that their backs are against the wall a little bit and they have to fight harder and and be more consistent with their energy, with their effort, with their adherence to details, or else they're going to lose. And that's what we saw on Monday night was a team that just kind of gave up um, on the fight. And you looked at it and yes, you know, Portland was hot from three. It was a it, that's a big mountain to climb when Damian Lillard and Simons and all these guys are knocking down threes the way that they were. But not only that, that the the Wolves were also out rebounded by a huge margin. Um, Grudy Gobert grabbed twenty rebounds. Nobody else in the starting lineup grabbed more than three. And and there, so that's the kind of thing where you just see a a, a lack of fight, a lack of consistent effort night in and night out. Um, we're all hoping to see Anthony Edwards take that next step. And he looked like he was taking it uh, when Cat went out. He was really, he's really been more of a leader. He's really been more engaged and, and, um, and more consistent. But then last night, six for 16, 17 points, two rebounds. 
um, um he's minus 25 in the rate in the rating like he just was not there and was playing really poor defense on the perimeter as well um you know the, i think right now the the guys that you look at who are being the most consistent just with their effort i mean d'angelo russell is 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 that guy now last night he didn't shoot quite as well as he had been but you do see more energy from him on a consistent and nightly basis than from most other guys and they need they need some backbone right now um you know we've said it a lot but they need the pat beverly type that is just not going to give in when the going gets a little rough because here's the real problem is that this is about to get a lot harder they've had a relatively easy schedule to this point and they're still 13 and 14 now they're going to be playing really good teams for a long long time here and if they don't come out completely ready to play and really give everything that they have and find that something with inside of them to motivate them and go forward, they're going to get blown out a lot. And so this is really going to test that character more than it has all season. And we just haven't seen enough of that yet from this group to really say, okay, these guys really want it. They really want to get after it. They, they just haven't shown that yet. No doubt about it. Uh, then there's the other character question, uh, Anthony Edwards with homophobic uh, slurs in the preseason. Now Rudy Gobert liking a Elon Musk tweet that uh, made fun of the use of pronouns, uh, which is basically an attack on on gay and trans people, and uh, and also uh, in a in a tweet that it attacks Anthony Fauci, which obviously is some some form of COVID denial, while his uh, teammate and supposed friend Carl Anthony Towns is still mourning uh, the loss of his mother to COVID. So this is a, this is not good. I know it's, you know, we can, we can downplay it, say, Oh, we just like to tweet or whatever, but this is not the right tweet to like. No. Well, yeah. Yeah. I mean it here, like, yeah, it's not good, Jim. Um, especially given that, yeah, that he is on a team that has been so directly impacted by COVID. Um, and, you know, he, I'll give, you know, Chris Hine did a great job. He was in Portland yep. um, and talked to Gobert at length about it. And Gobert did apologize for liking the tweet. Um, he seems in just reading kind of the subtext of Gobert's comments to Chris um, in the Star Tribune. Basically, it seems like he is saying that he did not necessarily understand that the tweet that he liked was really making fun of the pronouns factor as much as it was just a little snarky comment toward Fauci. Um, we can argue about the Fauci part of it and we can, and we can say, yeah, Rudy, but you shouldn't be doing it even for Fauci. But in, in general, I think the thing that made that tweet from Elon Musk doubly offensive was the dismissive, tone of it toward the pronoun situation and toward trans people and toward um, non-binary folks. And um, Rudy se seems to have not understood that level of it. Um, either that or that, it, you know, if you take Matt face value, he did not understand that. And he was apologetic toward um, that. He said it was never his intent to hurt anyone. But I just think like you look at these types of hot button issues that are in the news and have a lot of emotions riding on it. Um, 
just stay away from that stuff. And it doesn't mean that you can't um, express your own views about Fauci, about whatever beliefs that you have. But when you are aligning yourself with just clearly like mean spirited remarks like it was from Elon Musk, I mean, that was just you know, that wasn't arguing the merits of covid um, reaction of the way that the public health system has attacked the COVID situation, which I think that there are, you know, plenty of arguments you can make with substance and merit to it that that poke holes in some of the the ways that that, that thing is gone. But or it was clearly meant to get a rise out of people to troll people, and that's not what anybody. Should, certainly anyone in in Rudy, Rudy Gobert's position should really be about. He was clearly apologetic about it. He felt bad about it. But yeah, just, I mean, on a team that is not taking care of its own business, uh, um, for, for a player who is as polarizing as Rudy Gobert has become um, with this trade and how it's worked out, uh, when you add this on top of it, it just makes more headaches for you that you did not need. And that's what Rudy Gobert did here. Yeah, and uh, let's and you will remember the scene better than I probably will. But Rudy was also the guy who, yeah. when uh, you know, well, take us through the uh, Utah press conference when sure. you know COVID was breaking. Yeah, so yeah, he Rudy is always going to be at the center of this of of COVID uh, in, in sports in that that discourse because the the day that the NBA or the night before the NBA shut down. Basically, it was it was Gobert's Utah Jazz in Oklahoma City playing the Thunder, and they were sort of patient zero for the NBA's reaction to COVID because there were um, players that were testing positive uh, for uh, on the Utah Jazz, and um, you, they uh, it was we were just starting to learn and get our hands around what was going to happen with COVID, and Rudy Gobert came out to a um a a press conference availability and he had a he sat down at a table and there were a bunch of recorders right around him um as he was giving his remarks just to, and and kind of in a joking manner he touched all of the recorders and um and that you know and then and then ran off and then you know lo and behold the game is canceled later because there was a bunch of guys that tested positive and i believe Rudy Gobert was one of them um and so that sort of image is sort is indelible in the early days of the COVID reaction of here's a player who did not take this seriously. And then all of a sudden, um, the, the, the whole league is shut down less than 24 hours later because of COVID. And, you know, I, I try to give Gobert a little bit of grace in that one because I just don't think that I think there were a lot of people that really didn't understand what this was going to become, how it was going to explode and how really serious and dire it was at that time. Um, but at the still, it was just, just a terrible look. And so he got put through the ringer because of it. And I would imagine that, that, um, that hit the people who targeted him and ridiculed him online and, and in the public forum, for his reaction to that may have played into a little bit his, if he has some sort of dissatisfaction with Dr. Fauci, with the public health system in general and the reaction to COVID. If there, if he has been jaded because of that, 
I guess I kind of understand it, but now he's stepped in it twice um, with, with public reactions, COVID related, and he's got to learn that people are watching him very closely and that these little flippant jokes and reactions that he may think are, are, are cute or funny um, or goofy, as he told Chris Hine, um, they're not cute and funny and goofy to a lot, a lot of people who have been directly impacted in the deepest way possible by COVID, let alone who struggle every single day with public ridicules over pronouns, over their sexual and gender identities and all of these things. Um, it just was really, really mean-spirited um, of Rudy Gobert, and that's not what we want to see. Like we can, di- we can disagree with him, on all sorts of things, on the way he sees things. We can have intelligent conversations about our viewpoints. But when it goes down the road of mean-spirited, of trolling, of things like that, I think that's where a line is crossed. And Rudy must have, have at least had that impressed upon him because he did you know, apologize at length to Chris Hine in that conversation. Yeah, good point. And by the way, speaking of intelligent conversations, I think Timberwolves fans in, are very lucky to have the people covering the team who cover the team on a daily basis. John, you know, I mean, everything you just took us through, so much context, so much history, uh, you know, so much intelligence. Chris Hine is excellent and is, isn't is afraid to take on any of these uh, situations. Dane Moore does, you know, a great job. Jace Frederick's great guy. Uh, you know, it, it's a really good room. And I, I hope that uh, the Timberwolves evolve to giving you guys <laughs> a, uh, a, well, people, not because there are women who cover the team too. Uh, hope, hope the Timberwolves evolve into a team worthy of the beat coverage. That's that's what I've been waiting 20 years for that, Jim. So <laughs> it would be nice. It would be nice oh, if that happened. Yeah, we had one good year last year. Let's see if uh, they can get things turned around here again. I'll, I will say to everyone, like what I've said a lot, and you're probably frustrated with me hearing it. I don't think all is lost here. I don't. Um, they are 13 and 14. Had they won? Just just think about this, Timberwolves fans. Had they won on Saturday night and got to, I think it would have been 14 and 12 at the time they would have been in the sixth seed in the West. Okay. Um, that tells you how jam packed it is from like 12 to about three or four. And so they have a lot of problems. They have a lot of things to figure out. Maybe they won't be able to figure this out, but this is by no means a lost cause. And we're just kind of waiting to see if something can click and eventually can kind of wake them up and get them totally in, in, involved because it is there for them if they can put it together. But so far, it's a team that has not shown it's capable of sustaining any kind of energy and, and success, and that could be a fatal problem. Let's get back to one more mundane basketball topic. Once again, thank you to TSR Injury Law, All Energy Solar, Head Flyer Brewing, our uh, man. Escaped. Our producer, Brandon Morton, will see you 6.30 on Thursday night, December 15th, for the Cheryl Reef Show and the Winter Wear Drive. Uh, if you can make it out, we'd love to see you. It's always a good time. Uh, let's just do some mundane stuff here. When do you think uh, uh, Prince and J-Mac will be back? So um, Prince is starting to do some on-court work. Uh, last week, at the end of last week, Chris Finch was a little vague about his progress, but said maybe, you know, another week or so, maybe a little bit more. So I would, 
think that, you know, they play the Clippers on Wednesday night, and then they finish the road trip on Friday night against Oklahoma City. Um, maybe there's a possibility that he still plays on this road trip. They desperately need Torian Prince. They need his three-point shooting. They need his defense. They need his transition offense. Um, he's really, really missed right now. Um, McLaughlin's a little bit harder to forecast because he did come back um, briefly and then aggravated the injury and had to go back out. And so when that kind of thing happens, typically a team will sort of pull it back a little bit because you don't want to keep going on this yo-yo of play for a couple of games or a game and then miss three or four and then do it again and then do it again. So calf injuries are very tricky. So I'm, I don't know when he's going to feel good enough to give that another, another go, but I wouldn't be surprised if he takes a little bit more time to try and make sure that thing is really healed up and good to go before he goes out there. Again, another guy who is terribly, terribly missed um, right now for the organization that he brings, for the energy that he brings. Um, they need they need both of those guys. Their bench is really struggling without them. Um, but I think that my, my guess would be that Prince is a little bit closer than J-Mac to coming back, but I don't think that either one of them are going to be out for terribly much longer. And any update on Cat? Uh, not much, just that he's been at home. Um, he did not. He has not gone on the trip yet with, with, uh, with the Wolves, and um, they're just you know trying to take precaution and get him to be um, stabilizing the, that calf. It was a serious calf injury. It wasn't just a of the light the lighter variety. McLaughlin's is 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 less serious, which is why he was able to come back a little bit sooner, and so. Um, they're, they are going to be cautious with him as well, because the degree to which he strained his calf, you have to be very careful when he, you come back because it can be a harbinger of ACLs of, of Achilles. If you don't make sure that that leg is completely strong and, and then the muscle is structurally sound. So, um, I, it's not going to be anything, um, earlier than a month. Uh, for sure, I could see it going longer than that if they just want to be extra sure that he is going to be safe and not in danger of something much more of an injury, much more serious. And so um, we're still several weeks out before we get to a point where you're even starting to discuss Carl Anthony Towns doing some work, um, starting to get back into it um, and ramping up toward an eventual return. Nice work today, John. Thank you. Thanks to Brandon. Hey, hope to see you Thursday night, but if not, we'll be back with the uh, John Krasinski show next week. Uh, <laughs> and we will continue to uh, live the curse. Uh, may you live in interesting times. Mm-hmm.